Welcome to episode seven of the Australian Athletic Podcast. Today, we actually have one of our own AAC coaches and the owner of Next Level Athletes, Daniel. Daniel, please introduce yourself. Hey guys, yeah, so as Mickey said, my name's Daniel. Uh, I started up Next Level Athletes late last year, um, but I've been training and working with the crew from AAC for a couple of years now, so yeah. Beautiful. What do you do with yourself, man? So obviously you work here, but what else do you do with yourself? Uh, so I coach football, so particularly women's football. I do a lot of running. I have played football in, up until last year, and I'm a uni student. Awesome. Definitely putting yourself in a lot of areas. That's for sure. Keeping yeah. yourself busy. Uh, the weather, we like to kick off things just to get a little bit of a warm-up, especially because we like to get newbies on the podcast. What's one thing that nobody knows about you? That I don't even know about you. Ooh, that nobody knows about me. Um, ooh, I got in the top... <laughs> I got him nervous now. Top 0.1% of Eminem listeners on Spotify last year. <laughs> Uh, how many listens did you actually have to do for that? Oh, I did a lot of running. So. You did a lot of running. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to running in a second, that's for sure. But hey, at least you're one of Eminem's biggest fan. Hopefully, you can tour again sometime in the future. That's it. Oh, I'd love to see him live. Yeah. Uh, let's kick off with the serious stuff. Why did you get into football first, man? Uh, I don't even remember why. It's just ever since I was born, uh, dad played it, coached it, granddad mm-hmm. played it, coached it. All my family's from Europe, so they're football mad mm-hmm. so I've just always been born with it um, I think as a kid I just loved it all my mates played it uh, it was what everyone at school did recess lunch after school weekends and that's where the passion started who'd you play for like growing up and I guess uh, into early adulthood so growing up I mean I initially started in Wales playing for Westlands United mm-hmm. and then I moved when we moved to Adelaide I just played school soccer for a couple of years and then I spent 12 years at Seaford yep um, so I played all my juniors there through and through. I made my first team debut reserves A teams all at Seaford as well. Um, before I did my Achilles, sure. Um, so I snapped my Achilles. When was that? Uh, when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Yep. So I had tendonitis in it for about six, seven months, Oof. and at that age, you just want to go, go, go. And one time, I jumped up as I landed, went bang. For anyone that's experienced that, it almost. Well, I don't know what it feels like, but it sounds like someone's literally shooting a shotgun. Yeah. 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 I'm guessing that's how it was for you. Yeah. It felt like someone had just smacked me in the back of the leg with a cricket bat. Did you know? Like, was it painful? Or uh, it, it felt like I'd been hit, not that I'd done a soft tissue injury. Were you one of those that got up and then realized actually, hey, there's something wrong with my leg? Or did you notice it straight away? No, I sort of knew straight away. I'd been dealing with it long enough that I knew there was something up with it. And it clicked to me pretty suddenly that, yeah, I finally done it. Unfortunate realization. Did that spur a little bit of an interest, I guess, into training, strength conditioning and rehabilitation? Or did you already have a passion for that? What was the scenario there? What was the transition like from, I guess, being an athlete there to heading into coaching? Because you went into coaching pretty early on in your sporting career, I'm assuming. Yeah, so even through high school, I mean, initially I wanted to be a physio through high school and changed my mind about that a few times. But uh, so I always had the interest in that sort of area. Um, And I think when I was about 16, 17, I actually started coaching a lot of the school soccer tournaments. So Mm -hmm. so I went to Carlisle College and they're a big soccer school, uh, going to all the knockout competitions. So that's how I got into coaching initially. And I think after the injury, I sort of struggled to get back into it for about two years. And as I was just ready to give it up, one of my mates approached me and said, do you want to start a club? 
And so we actually started Kylo and Old Collegian Soccer Club. Shit. And that's sort of where I've really started taking off in the coaching sector. When was it like, how far, how far along into your career was this? Like between the Achilles, I guess you returned to play and you started in that coaching role. Was there an overlap or was this a few years? No, so there was an overlap. So I probably, by the time I could actually start playing again, I was uh, 21. Um, and that was the same. Shit, that's a long rehab. Yeah. How long did it take? So initially it was, it was about 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of scar tissue and mess in there and then they ended up finding out I had extra bone growing my heel and so I ended up having four cortisone injections into my heel because it was just constant inflammation and pain for those couple years which never let me fully get back into things yeah so after I sort of got on top of that started getting back into playing uh, the coaching and um, starting up this club sort of all overlapped at the same time and as with most things, as you start committing to things, you've got to start picking and choosing what you want to put more effort into. Yeah. And I found just with the injuries I'd suffered and frustration I get as a person when I'm not able to do something, looking at the coaching pathway was the right thing for me at the time. We'll go into injuries a little bit more down the track because we know a little bit, I know at least a little bit of your history, but what was it like dealing with that initial injury? We've got a lot of people listening today that have dealt with injuries before. That is a long-term, that's not just 12 miles, that's 18, 24, if not pro- a more prolonged period than that, we're yeah. trying to get back. What was, like? you've simplified it there. What was that process like? Uh, it was It was pretty horrific. So uh, in terms of mental health, I've never really had too many issues, but that was probably the one time in my life I did. I think having something that's so much part of your identity and so important to you being taken away, it can be a lot to battle with. And when things begin to reoccur and pop up and you feel like you're getting nowhere, it can be hard to trust the process and stick with that. Uh, I was lucky I did have a good support group around me and I did have interest in things like coaching or... You kept yourself occupied in other ways. Yeah, I could be involved with sport without uh, necessarily participating myself. Um, But yeah, it was definitely a tough time in my life and I think there is part of me that was ready to just give it up at that point. Looking back, I'm glad I didn't. It shows some resilience about you. And that, I guess, goes into your 21. You just got back to soccer. You started coaching. You started this club. Why do you start running? Where on earth did that come from? So I started running, I actually, <laughs> 21. Uh, I was playing indoor soccer, just been getting back into the floor of things. Fell over, hit my arm, thought nothing of it. A couple of days later, I couldn't move my arm. Went to oh, God. get x-rays. I broke my arm in three places. Of course you did. Uh, I was in a cast for about three and a half months. Uh, they said I was lucky I didn't need surgery because Shit. I, yeah, so it was pretty bad. What bones did you break or what bones did you fracture? Uh, so uh, radius and ulna and um, one of my metacarpals. Did a good job for a non-contact sport, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was in a cast for a few months from September through December couldn't really do much couldn't work at the time I was working in the kitchen so mm-hmm. I was getting bored so I said alright I'll start running at first it was I still remember I struggled to run about 2k's at first after <laughs> not doing anything for 6 weeks um, but by the time I got my cast off I was running 5 10k's a day every day and then what was I guess how long until and what did you do as your first competition I guess in terms of running so how long was your training leading up to that first event? 
so my first event I was going to do, I was going to do City Bay 12K. And I was mid-soccer season at the time. And I said, all right, I'm going to run 12K, see how far off the pace I am. I did 12K and smashed it in about 50 minutes. Not bad. I thought, okay, maybe I need to aim a bit higher. Yeah. So I said, all right, we'll do the 21. So from there, I had about three, four months training with soccer um, where I trained for that 21K. Did the 21K and I I think I did it about an hour 34, but finished it with a lot left in the tank. Yeah. And that's when I sort of realized, hey, maybe I can, maybe I can do a little bit further. Isn't that where you get after every single run though? Once you hit 5Ks, it's all right. How do I get 10Ks? I'm not speaking from experience here by no means. <laughs> but let's put that aside. But I'm speaking for every runner out there. It's 5Ks, tick it off. 10Ks, tick it off or more. 21, then automatically you have to do the 42. And yes, I am speaking to you, Victor. I hope you are listening and you have to do a 42. Congratulations on the 21 <laughs> on Sunday. Um, but you just keep wanting to get better and better or achieve more because it's almost more of a mental challenge than it is physical. And I guess, where did you progress from there? Yeah, so from there, I, I was going to do, a, I've never, still to this day, never done a marathon. Wow. Um, but I was going to do a marathon and I started looking into it and looking at uh, which marathon I wanted to do. And I think at the time I looked on SA running calendar, which just has every running event you could imagine. And I seen something called the Ultra Marathon. At the time, I didn't know what an Ultra was. <laughs> I thought it was just like a really like big event. Yeah. Looked into it and... They were talking about 50, 60, 100K distances. I was like, maybe there's something in this. Uh, <laughs> don't know what came over me. Uh, and I'm pretty sure mum wanted to murder me when I suggested <laughs> the idea. Um, but I decided I wanted to do a 60K. Um, and so from there... How long did you give yourself like to actually train up for it? So this was... I think I decided this a week after I did my first 21K. Mm-hmm. And my 60K was the following May. So that would have been eight months, nine months. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, I also had a soccer preseason. So I never stopped playing sport in between. Shit. How did you go about balancing, I guess, still playing soccer and running so much? I know that you have to run as a soccer athlete, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But playing a game on the weekend and then going and running throughout the week, that's still a lot of toll on the legs, a lot of toll on the body. How did you manage to recover, I guess, from all that training? Yeah, so biggest thing, biggest thing in the world for me was sleep. At the time, my sleep was awful, um, and I said I need to get on top of this. So first thing was get that sleep now down at least seven to eight hours a night every night. That was the first thing. Second thing was I actually really started need to become aware of my body, what was feeling good, what was feeling bad, and why. Because there's a massive difference between your knocks and niggles you pick up in a soccer game or going for a run, and things like tendonitis or Uh, cartilage damage occurring Um, for me the way I did that was I started doing more gin yeah Um, would not regret making that decision yeah yeah so it's you have to play your sport you have to do your running but at the same time people focus so much on overtraining overtraining does exist don't get me wrong under recovery exists so much more yep. that sleep that nutrition listening to your body making sure you're keeping your body healthy by making sure all the tissues around are like performing to their capacity through strength training then you can get onto your cardiovascular fitness too if you're not looking every, after every single part of your body you don't need no magic pills you don't need no magic recovery systems you need to be sleeping and eating correctly and hydrating first of all then you can add those little bits and pieces down the track yeah I think that hit the nail on the head overtraining is a lot smaller issue than under it's hard to overtrain yeah 
I mean, speaking from experience, it's a lot harder to overtrain than it is to under recover. Yeah. And there's stark difference between what the two are. Yeah. Yeah. You can hit the gym seven times, seven days a week. There is no problem with that. Yeah. And you probably still get away with no overtraining. But if you're going out the weekends getting absolutely hammered, yeah. that's probably going to be a bigger issue than you being in the gym seven days a week. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to do that, but that's what you kind of have to realize to overtrain and to literally get to that point where you're breaking your body down so much, you have to be doing a lot and yeah. a lot of work. Look after yourself first and it's amazing yeah. how much you can actually tolerate. I think the other thing that came into that was um, often I was training, so I was pretty much doing something seven days a week, whether it's soccer, gym, running, most often two of those every day. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing for me was it doesn't always need to be a nine out of 10 intensity session. Quite often I was going for maybe a 10K run at a four out of 10 pace where it was just constantly doing stuff, building up that tolerance and volume, but not, I didn't have to go and smash myself all the time and be pushing the absolute limit. Yeah. Uh, very rarely I actually did that. And I think that was probably what helped me get through it. So, And I'm sure that helps you both as an athlete and as a coach as well to listen to the players when they're saying they're feeling absolute buggered up but at the same time knowing when they have to push. You've got to you got to be bipolar in a sense in terms of the personality that you present to each individual person on any given day because they have to feel like they're being looked after. Yeah. Well, funny you say that. Last week uh, in my women's team, so I coached South Adelaide Panthers women's team, I actually told one of the girls, I just have the night off tonight. And a few of the girls were umming and ahhing about why, but when you get to know people, you know what people can really take that battering. Sometimes some people, they just need that extra night off and... This was one of those times that player needed the extra night off. And I mean, hey, she came out and put in a rip of performance on the weekend. She so. could have trained, I'm guessing she could have trained that night, torn the house down, probably, comes to Saturday, not even able to uh, make a sprint effort on the field. Yeah. And that just leaves them more susceptible with injury. They play like shit. You actually got to be able to listen to what's happened to the players, especially this time of the season where, for the soccer season, at least in South Australia, because of lockdown, we're playing three games a week at the moment. Like we're trying to catch up games, still trying to train two times a week, work full-time jobs, and then you're still trying to go a hammer and tongs each session. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, well, 100%. And I see from just being around the scene, I see how much some coaches are pushing it. And I mean, even at this late point in the season, some coaches are still trying to get more and more fitness out of players. And yep. I say to my players, number one thing is just let's prevent these serious injuries. Let's pre- prevent burnout, both mental and physical. Yep. So this time of the year, I mean, you're playing repeated number of games. It's been a long season because the season was pushed back to start with. I think the mental fatigue is just, if not greater than the physical fatigue. Yeah. Like when people have school, uni, work, uh, relationship troubles, and then they've had a long soccer season that's been up and down, breaks here and there, just keeping players motivated and concentrated is probably the hardest You don't thing. know if you're going to be playing the next weekend or if you're going to yeah. be allowed outside the next weekend, let alone what am I going to do with my body? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think managing the mental fatigue as well as the physical fatigue is important. Yeah. What's the biggest ultra you've done? So biggest race I've entered is 100k. When did you do that, my man? But I, it was actually 106, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you do your 106 ultra marathon? Yeah, so I did that... Start of August 20, 2020, mm-hmm. so just late last year, um, and yeah, it was it was a big one. <laughs> it, it took uh, probably the most work I've ever put into anything in my life. Yeah, um, but I 
almost loved every moment of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've already told me the story, but please tell everyone the story about what happened during your ultra. If because a hundred kilometers was enough, or what happened? Yeah. So uh, it was actually a trail run. So we're running through paddocks and bushland, and uh, so what they do in the race is they have a flag every. 50, 100, 250 meters, depending on what the terrain's like. Uh, I was about just just before halfway, about 45Ks in, and I was feeling a bit sorry for myself at the time, but <laughs> I was like, okay, I've hit the halfway mark, hit 50Ks, and was feeling good. Then I realized after two, three, four Ks that I hadn't seen one of the flags for a while, <laughs> and I realized I'd got lost. So I had to backtrack uh, until I found a flag, and I'm, that ended up leading me to do an extra six kilometers. Holy shit. And it was probably the one time in the race I really did not need that. I would have thrown in this house straight away. Uh, did you have the thought in your head, go, nah, that, that's it, I'm done? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before that point, I remember my dad, dad had actually called me just to check in how I was going around the 40K mark. And the 40K marks were all those niggles and stuff, they start becoming issues. Um, and I had to just hang up on him because I thought I was about to start just crying while I was running. Shit. So I was pretty, at that point, you're feeling pretty hopeless and then to get myself past that and hit the halfway mark I really felt I had momentum and then realizing that I just done that extra work for no reason um really sent me back and it really did cross my mind maybe I'd throw in the tower maybe that's it maybe I don't do this yeah um and I really dragged myself I had to like no music nothing just me and myself had to push through that and once I hit, I reckon, the 60K mark, I was like, no, I can't do this. Well, it's got to be a painful experience. It's got to be a mentally draining and, I guess, lonely experience, especially when you are at that point where you have to realize, shit, I'm going to have to do even more than what I set out to do. How do you overcome that? Obviously, like, yeah, you get into your own head. Not everyone can do that. How do you, what is your strategy, I guess, to block all those things telling you stop right now? Your body's literally telling you stop hurting me right now. What how do you overcome that? How do you keep going? How do you run for over 10 hours? What is it about it that you just love? So if, I think the, the mental side of it's definitely 80% of it. The physical side, obviously, the pain and stuff's real. But in terms of your body being able to do it, when you've trained for that long, your body's able to do it. It's just whether you're going to allow it to. And your body's going to say, stop, stop, stop. This hurts, that hurts. Um, and it really is just breaking it down. Break it down to the next hill, the next kilometer, the next two kilometers. Don't let yourself get over, like most things in life, don't let yourself get overwhelmed with the bigger picture. Yes, you have a goal, which is that 100K at the end, but you've just got to break it down and take it one step or one kilometer at a time. And for me, that was even every kilometer I'd have one lolly. Every five kilometers I'd then have a chocolate bar. And it was just thinking about okay, I just need to get another 500 meters and I have my lolly and- Give yourself a reward at the end of each one. Yeah, and just a small reward and small goals and that's how you get through it. Um, don't let yourself, I think the second you get overwhelmed and think about how far you've gone and how far you have to go is when you get stuck. You just gotta really break it down and think about how far you've got to that next little milestone. If that's not a metaphor for every single health and fitness journey, I don't know what is. I think you've summarized the best. Small rewards lead to success of the big goal. If you look at the bigger picture, if you look at the big picture straight away and just focus on the one ultimate goal, I wanna, let's say, lose 30 kilos. I'm a five-year-old kid, I wanna make AFL. If you're only looking towards that, it's hard, like it's a long, long journey. You have to break it down and say step by step, if I tick the boxes, 
I'm eventually going to get to the end. Yeah. It's easier said than done, obviously, but that's where you have to mentally put yourself in. Yeah. And just having trust in yourself and the process and what you've committed to. Yeah. Um, it's easy to lose that trust. Um, even just believing that you can't do it. Sometimes it's easy enough to say, yes, I can do it, break it down, but you can almost convince yourself, no, this actually is impossible. Yeah. Um, so I think you really just got to fight that. And it's it's a practice and repetition sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the more times you've been knocked down and had these things pop up, the better you're going to be at bouncing back from them and pushing through it. So, Well, let's touch on. Did, was there any injuries after the ultra? So after my ultra, I actually played, still playing soccer. I played, of course you did, of course. Played soccer the weekend before and the weekend after, and I still got, I actually got man of the match the weekend <laughs> after, <laughs> uh, playing an overlapping wing back. So, um, no, nah, I finished the soccer season strong, and there was a bit of fatigue. My metabolism was pretty screwed. Um, my sleep and... When you say metabolism was pretty screwed, please. So uh, I was eating... Leading up to the race, I was eating a lot, but even after the race, when I toned down my running, I was having to eat four and a half, five thousand calories a day because my body was just. Burning. Is that just to sustain weight? That was just to sustain weight. Shit. I was eating ridiculous amount just not to lose weight. Wow. Um, pre-race, it was about six and a half thousand calories a day or more to maintain weight, and I still ended up losing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So my metabolism. So I just even after I'd stopped the running, it spent that long trying to recover that my sleep probably for about three four weeks wasn't quite quite right yeah and i was having to eat a lot just to keep weight on yeah um but i managed to push through that push through the end of the soccer season because i had about six weeks left uh and it was a good end to the season i probably my best Mm -hmm. season in a few years tuesday after the soccer season ended playing indoor soccer um had a bad tackle someone's come through um, on the outside of me and I've done my MCL shit MCL meniscus mm-hmm. and I was I was grateful it wasn't an ACL yeah but I was pretty shattered yeah going from smashing out that sock season smashing 100k and then just in a little the last 10 seconds of an indoor game social game doing an injury like that which put me out for about two months uh, rehab was going well um was getting on top of everything started getting back into running so i think i'd just done maybe 10k Mm -hmm. uh i was at home slipped over and dislocated my knee i was stuck leaning excuse my language same one yeah same one same one so there was a bit of subluxation that occurred that we didn't know about uh from when i initially did my knee when i slipped over at home i landed on a bench knee wouldn't go back in for me to get it back in so I could stand up I had to push it in and I sat there for about 20 seconds trying you did to about CPR on your knee yeah. holy shit yeah um, so again had to go back get more scans see if there was any further damage luckily did not rupture or anything no fractures so was the best case scenario uh, and then from there it was just I had to restart the rehab uh, pretty frustrating I think the doing the dislocation the second time was more disheartening than the initial injury mm-hmm. but thank god the AAC crew was there because <laughs> they got me through it they got me through a big time I still remember the text message I think it was on a Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. night saying I've just dislocated my knee and I'm like what do you mean you've dislocated your knee what were you doing grabbing something off the kitchen shelf or whatever it was Yeah. and you're just like holy shit 
yeah. It, ha- it can be something as subtle as that that can give you, well, a fright. Luckily, it wasn't a setback in this case, but it just shows injuries can come out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just the exact wrong movement at the exact wrong time. Yeah. Simple as that. Couldn't have done anything to prevent it. You can do it. every single preparation known to man and still. And then again, do you think, uh, how long after the soccer season and after the ultra was this? That I dislocated it or yeah. that I did the initial, the initial injury? The initial injury. So it was the soccer season finished the Saturday and it did that injury on the Tuesday. Yeah. I think it, it could have still been fatigued. Like, let's face it, yeah. contact injuries, yes, but it still could play a part that there yep. was a little bit of fatigue. That's why there was a little bit of subluxation. It just shows how long it takes the body to recover. Yeah. And when you're injured, especially, you need to be looking after it even more. Yeah. And continue that on. But the clean bill of health now, at least. Yep, very clean bill of health after a long recovery. And I think doing the injury probably did me a world of good because it allowed my body the recovery it needed after two, three years of battering it. Mm-hmm. And that didn't mean that I just started resting. It meant I was in the gym doing strength, mobility work, yep. uh, plyos, all the right stuff. You're doing alternatives to what you were, yeah. what you couldn't do. Yeah, and I think that's done me a world of good. So feeling... Now that I'm back into it, so I actually did a... 26 kilometer run last week first so a nice casual jog for yourself yeah 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 uh keeping it below your like 135 heart rate so <laughs> <laughs> nice and relaxing um first time hitting that distance in near six months felt amazing pulled up the next day sort of forgot i went for a run so yeah. that the changes you get and the benefits you get from doing that sort of distance running obviously lasts a lot longer than what you think yeah um, thought it'd be harder to get back into it so once you've done it, it you want to get straight back there but you just need to take those steps again but even if they do feel easy you know that that's getting you to the right road of getting to that next i'm guessing there's going to be another ultra in the future yes yeah, so, what is your goal what is your goal with running <laughs> yeah so i don't know see how far i can take it but i decided this week i'm going to start looking at doing a 100 mile race which is 160 k's uh, so I'm just shaking my head here for a second and Dan's like, is he okay? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So 160k race. I'm not sure if there's actually going to be a race on when I want it. So it may be a case of I'm organizing it myself, which is, Far out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is going to require a bit of organization, but also just getting crew around me so I can have people at pit stops because it's probably going to take anywhere between 22 and 28 hours to do depending on where i go what the terrain's like and yeah so i'm That's still shaking my head i was just i'm like runners man you guys are a different breed but <laughs> <laughs> that's why we love you shit yeah when do you where do you expect that could come up is that in the near future we're we talking about next year we're we talking about year after yeah so i'm looking at april may next year which is about eight nine months away uh, in that time, I'm going to have to really work hard. Again, mm-hmm. focus on recovery. Uh, nail down my training plan. So now that I'm not I'm not playing soccer anymore, I made that decision early this year that with my coaching, with my uni work, everything, it wasn't worth the risk to me of those contact injuries, that mm-hmm. X factor. And so that's going to allow me to put a lot more effort into the running because my... Be honest, the lead up from 100k, the prep was not ideal being mid soccer season. Mm-hmm. So I think having a dedicated running training program for this 160k is going to do me a world of good. Yep. So you can officially say you've made the, I guess, transition from footballer to ultra runner? 
successfully yes it's not been easy but yes i successfully made the transition from footballer to ultra runner do you miss football in any sense in that case or you just i think you found the passion in running i think i found the passion passion in running and coaching so coaching football i think i probably enjoy it more than i ever played it yeah and in terms of even as a player i was the player that wanted to run all day and 100 mile an hour so i think i still get that kick from running i think i've always just chased that I want to feel tired, but the more I push that, the less You picked the right score for it, I tell you what. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. No, that's fantastic, man. Um, to all the runners that are listening, that was hopefully very, very insightful. I still don't get it. I don't think I ever will get it, but I'm glad that we have them around. Yeah. Um, Daniel, where can they find you on social media? So on social media, if you search Next Level Athletes on Instagram, uh, that's my page. I'm currently training four ultra runners. Uh, I worked with Marianne who ran an ultra a few months ago well early this year now so February uh, but I'm now currently working with four other runners and I think I'm trying to bring something a bit different to the table so myself getting into the running scene obviously there's a lot of running involved uh, decent amount of stretchy mobility but I really think the strength side of it is underdeveloped so for me being able to fix things like tight hips, glutes, knees, the, the typical stuff runners get. Yeah. I feel a lot of that can be helped and remedied by doing gym work to match it. And that's an area I think I want to start targeting. Yeah. Um, get on top of it before you actually are injured. Yeah, correct. That's what we're going to continue preaching. My man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving so much insight, I guess, into the mind of someone who's gone from an athlete to a coach to, I guess, an athlete again in terms of running and just what motivates you and what keeps pushing and how you actually get through that because I'm sure the injuries weren't easy but you're still here doing it and you still have grand plans for it so we wish you the best of luck guys make sure you keep up to date with what we're doing with what Daniel's doing on Next Level Athletes um, Daniel say goodbye to the people thanks for having me guys thanks for having me Mickey I've enjoyed being on and I'm sure you hear more from me soon enough I love it guys please give it a share if you got any valuable information or if you just enjoyed our conversation I'm sure that you're tired of my voice by now <laughs> half an hour into this podcast in saying that we'll see you for the next episode